I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I am Blake Harrison and joining me as ever, but not in the usual location, is Stu Whiffin. What's I going on, not. mate? What's, go- what's happening? I'm not recording. Obviously, I normally record at the Whiff Inn, uh, my, little, uh, my little home bar that has become a studio over lockdown because of COVID, um, not being able to do face-to-face stuff. And I can't do face-to-face stuff now. Why? Let me tell you, Blake Harrison, I've got COVID. No. And is it your first mm. time getting COVID? It is. It is. I was, uh, yeah, I was. I, I felt like I was a little bit bulletproof, I think. And I maybe maybe I got a little too complacent. Mm. But um, don't know where I got it. Um, I haven't, you know, I haven't really got many friends. I don't really socialise much. So uh, maybe I picked up a can of beans in a local supermarket that, that had the lurgy on it, something like that. I don't know. But I've got to be honest with you, I, 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 I popped for it. Uh, day before yesterday, and I feel all right. You're, I've just you're got right. a cold. Are you, have, yeah, uh, I, ho- I hope that's it. How many, how many jabs have you had? Three. You've had three, so you, you're pretty, pretty armoured up against the Rona. I think so. I think yeah. so. Do you want to maybe get some sort of digging about my age or anything? Like that? <laughs> I genuinely wasn't going to go there. But, oh, okay. But as, okay. A, as an elderly statesman, you know, good job that you've had the booster and, and good job that you are fully protected. Um, but totally. You've been, you've so I'm been, recording from my mum's. And yeah, but you've not just recorded from your mum's. You've, you've been kicked out of the house. Yeah, my eldest. Uh, she's she's nineteen, and when um, when my wife got it. Um, Oh, good. probably nearly a year ago now. Uh, my my eldest daughter was so paranoid about it. She went, um, right, I'm going to sleep in my car tonight until um, I get the results of my PCR. Then I'm going to go and live with nanny. And I was like, you, you can't, you can't sleep in your car. And she went, yeah, I can. So it then meant obviously I had the worst night's sleep ever because I was literally just had one eye curtain twitching, like you know, seeing if my daughter was okay because she slept in her car rather than uh, be in a house where my wife was with COVID. So that paranoia and fear hasn't mellowed. So when I realised I had COVID, obviously I put something on our, our family WhatsApp group because everyone was at work and college and stuff. Um, and yeah, basically I got a phone call from my eldest. It uh, didn't seem to be checking in on me. It seemed to be more like... Because my mum uh, and dad are currently in Australia, uh, living with my brother. Uh, they were on holiday out there for three months. So it was like, we just go and live at Nanny's. And I was like, uh, you're not actually ringing up to see if I'm all right, are you? You're basically ringing up to fuck me off uh, to, to me mother's ass. So, uh, so yeah, it's, um, it's, I've got to be quite honest with you. Like, last night, it's quite weird having, like, a house to yourself. It was... Had, I've got, I'm not going to lie, I had a couple of glasses of wine. I, I watched Wolf of Wall Street and oh, lovely. Uh, had some crisps. It was quite oh, nice. Sounds, sounds, sounds blissful, <laughs> to be honest. It sounds like you're really making the most of this bad situation. And it's also nice I, I, to know pop- that your your eldest child is, uh, you know, if, if, if ever the shit hits the fan and any of you have got, like, some kind of serious illness, she'll, you know, take care of you by just being away, just keeping as far yeah. away from you as yeah. humanly possible. 
Absolutely. I'm the first one that's going under the bus, 100%. Uh, uh, anyway, hopefully, uh, we're recording this on the, where are we today? Tuesday. Monday. 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 Monday today, so mate. Hopefully, I'll be, I'll be fighting fit by the weekend and, uh, and yeah, in, in, I'll be fight fit for UFC 272 Hell yeah. uh, in Las Vegas. And, uh, and what a card we got. Oh, mate. Well, that's what this episode is all about. UFC 272, mm. Masvidal, Covington, which we are very excited about. However, I wondered if we could... Sorry, mate. Just quickly. You all right? I ain't even asked you if you're all right. Oh, a bit rude of me, well, wasn't it? yeah, you know, fine. So, yeah, fine. I look very pale. I'm looking at my face now and I'm like, I know I'm a pale person, but I do look like oh, I'm the illest one out of... Like the one time <laughs> I'm looking for a bit of sympathy... <laughs> And sick boy, all of a sudden, starts coming in with, oh, do you know what? I'm not looking too good myself, am I? <laughs> Fucking hell, mate. Let me have me moment, will you? <laughs> well, you said you were fine, and then you are saying, I'm, I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine. But I'm just looking at myself now. I'm like, I do look pale. I do, like, I look oh. like the one that's ill. Like, I, I, right. do, I do have a terrible complaint. It does look like I've not seen the sun in about five years. Um, <laughs> so this is bad. Good job that these episodes don't go out on YouTube, because people would be phoning in being like, are you all right? Are you, is, he, is Blake dying? Is that what this whole MMA <laughs> podcast thing is going about? Is he, is he living out some kind of like final bucket list kind of wish of his life and then before he drops down dead? But no, I'm absolutely fine. Um, but yeah, so that's, that one thing I wanted to talk about, because we had um, Islam Makachev versus Bobby Green uh, Saturday just yes. gone. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about Islam, because I um, I thought to myself, you know, I put out on the social media stuff about the fact that he's on like a 10 fight win streak now. He's probably looking at a title shot next. But when you look at his resume, he's only beaten one guy, I think it is, that is currently in the top 10 of the lightweight division. And that's Dan Hooker. And we all know Dan Hooker took that fight on short notice and he's now dropping down to featherweight. So, you know, Mm. if Dan Hooker gets a win at UFC London then he goes into the featherweight rankings, not the lightweight rankings. And then you would look at Islam's uh, uh, resume and say, he's not defeated a single guy that is currently in the top 10, I don't think. So, Mm. yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. And I put it on the socials and I got a response that I didn't expect. I think you might have a couple up, but it was a bit anti-Makachev. Instagram. Go on. Up um, and and the, and the first person to comment was uh, obviously friend of the show, Mister Scroobius Pip. Uh, needs to fight at least one more ranked fighter. I personally think he needs to fight two, really. But I know people have big ideas for him, so it's likely that won't happen. Um, Mister uh, Big M Dizzle, he's finished the last two blokes in the first round, both on short notice, uh, and only one uh, of those were ranked. Um, you can't look at his record and say he should be fighting for a title now yet. Uh, he looked impressive, but fighting no one special. Let's not forget uh, the geezer come from a... Uh, uh, oh, I don't know what we've got here. Yeah, I doubt they will make it happen because Khabib's in his corner and they want a belt on him. So I, I, I do think basically most people are saying uh, on, on Instagram that he needs some more fights under his belt because... He's fast tracking, and is that because of who's in his corner, and and is it is it marketable? I don't know. What you got on Twitter? Well, one of my f- much the same. One of my favourite responses was uh, Carlos Jones or at Carlito Heat. Um, mm-hmm. He said it's just number one bullshit. <laughs> number one bullshit uh, and smells of the Dana White privilege. <laughs> I love it. Good on you, Carlos. Say what you think. Say what you think, mate. Uh, he did put a little laughy face after that, so he's clearly having a laugh. Um, then he said, make the Dariush fight uh, first, and then at least, uh, but I'd like him to fight folk in the top five and then get to the title uh, rather than go for it now, effectively, is what he's saying. Um, another one, uh, Craig D. Lyons is saying that he's got a padded record like Khabib, but he probably deserves a shot more than most. Uh, just James, James London, 100. Uh, he said, definitely needs another win or two. Or two. Would take him up to a 12-fight win streak uh, against top five before a title shot. Walked for opponents, yes, but no one of recognition except Dan Hooker. Very strong, though. Will not da- will no doubt, I think he means, beat 
Charles or Justin Gaethje once he gets to them. I mean, if you think he's going to beat Charles or Justin Gaethje already, then why why not just chuck him straight into the title fight and then he can but fight Neil Darius, that's a, why. You re- you really th- so so. What's your opinion? Is your opinion that he should fight Benil Darius before he gets to a title shot? Right, taking nothing away from him, he had full intentions to fight Darius. Obviously, that that didn't happen uh, for for reasons out of everybody's control. Um, and so he fought Bobby Green. Yes, Bobby Green's boxing a few weeks ago was absolutely amazing. Bobby Green is not a legit top fiver, legit top ten. Well, he's not even ranked in the top 15 technically no. at the moment. So the crowd love him and, and the fans thought, brilliant. It was like when Hooker stepped up last minute oh. as well. Um, and it was like, people love that. Get behind your fighters, probably get a nice paycheck for that. Yeah. But I don't think it was ever going to test him. Um, and and that is exactly what happened, unfortunately, when, when um, Dan Hooker stepped in there. He hasn't really had a legit test yet like a, a high-ranking fighter. And I think, and as we said when we, we've done the beginning of the year show, like I think, I, I thought um, Darius would take him. I, I think he's a really well-rounded fighter. He's wrestling, he's solid. And I think that was the key test to see if he can step up and then fight, you know, fight for the belt. I think it's unfair on people like um, Darius if, if he gets overtaken uh, um, and Makachev gets that shot. I don't think he deserves it yet. I don't think... He, you've got to beat someone legit. And I'm taking nothing away from Dan Hooker or Bobby Green here, but in that division, look in the top 10. There's enough fighters there that he could fight, uh, which I think would solidify that that right to fight for the belt. At the moment, I don't think his resume is good enough. Yes, yes, it's like unbeaten. It looks great. Like, but... Who's on that list? I'm not suggesting it's padded, but I'm just not suggesting it's full of absolute beasts. What do you think, mate? Um, well, I was just I wanted to look up uh, Benil's record just because I think he's only on a six-fight win streak at the moment, mm. or is it seven? He might be no, it might be a seven-fight win streak now, and he has got a win over Tony Ferguson. But other than that, there's no one currently, I think, in the top ten. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, look, it's such a shame that we didn't get the Benil Makachev fight because that really was a no-brainer number one contender fight and also probably was the toughest test for either of them, which is always a great fight when you know that they're both fighting their their toughest test. That's that's a cracking fight. So it's a real shame that didn't happen. However, I feel slightly hypocritical if I were to come out and say that Makachev doesn't deserve a title shot. Because I have been banging the drum for Leon Edwards for what feels like years now. And mm-hmm. I think if you were to look at Leon Edwards' record, there's not a huge amount of top 10 guys that he's beat. I mean, RDA's now moved down. Uh, I mean, Luke is on there, but that was a long time ago now. But Luke is on there, and mm-hmm. Luke is legit. So maybe, maybe I'm counteracting my own point. But I kind of feel like when you've put a win streak together, that's 10-fight win streak, it's not his fault that the big fighters have either avoided him or been injured and it's it's all got cancelled. It's not been Makachev yeah. that's the one that's pulling out of fights and getting injured. It's been other people that have been getting injured or pulling out of fights or whatever it is, or just, I think, straight up avoiding him because they don't want to go against Makachev because he's such a risky fighter. And I don't like a narrative mm-hmm. of fighters are scared. No fighter is scared. They do this stuff for a living. I hate that. But are they concerned about losing, yes, it, are there fights that are high risk, low reward, and you want to stay away from those types of fights? Yes, and Makachev for a long time represented that until he's got himself in like the top five now or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think Makachev is the betting favourite against literally anyone in that division. I think if they were to announce that Charles Oliveira is fighting Islam Makachev in two months' time, or Gaethje was fighting Makachev, or Darius was fighting Makachev, it doesn't matter who it was, Makachev would be, I think, a substantial betting favourite in every single one of those fights. So, mm. I think, I, I agree, I, I, I wish he could have fought someone in the top five and one, that definitely would have cemented him as the 100% number one contender. But it's not his fault that that hasn't materialised, 
And I, I think there is, there's no problem with giving him the title shot after, obviously, Justin Gaethje gets his shot. Okay, right. Different, different perspective on the whole thing, right? Gaethje, Oliveira, you're going to get fireworks, right? So many other fighters in that top 10 are just going to put on wars that are going to be go down in history as, as some of the most exciting fights we've ever seen. Does Makachev pose any... Is Makachev, if he, if he wins this and he dominates by just bringing him down, choking him out, does it just make that division boring? So I, I would argue maybe slightly yes, because I remember when Khabib was smashing everyone the, uh, the last maybe couple were a bit more exciting, like what he did to Gaethje in round one. I mean, that was incredible. Um, mm-hmm. But there was a lot of his fights that ultimately, when you got to the fight itself, from the perspective of, of, a, of a fan that maybe isn't a wrestling or a jiu-jitsu connoisseur, I, I can't, sure. from my position, look at every single ad- advancement within the grappling exchange or anything with with such a keen eye that I can be excited by it. You know, most MMA fans that, you know, are still catching up with the kind of the grappling exchanges. And I can find parts of it exciting. We're going to get onto one of the most exciting grapplers, I think, going at the moment, Bryce Mitchell, later on in the show. He's an incredibly exciting grappler to watch. But there's still moments in his grappling where I go, I don't really fully understand the intricacies of what's going on here. So the stand-up feels a lot more obvious. So I think a lot of us are drawn more towards the stand-up fighters because we can understand the basics a little bit more. Makachev, like Khabib, represents someone that, with a game plan that is so kind of dominant and, and no one seems to have found an answer for yet. Yes, the fights sort of become a bit boring and the division sort of suffers, I think, because of it. You can, I don't think that Demetrius Johnson was in any way boring. I loved watching Demetrius Johnson fight. But yeah. there is an argument to be said. Same with Valentina Shevchenko at the moment. There's an argument to be said that when you get such a dominant champion that you start going, oh, this is sort of boring because it's just like, it's the same thing again. It's like someone knowing a sort of cheat on a computer game that if you press these two buttons over and over again, you... Ronda Rousey. Well, no, that that's diff- that was so exciting. And she beat people in slightly different ways at times. You think of the way she boxed up Betch Cohea and then... Oh, yeah, fair play, <laughs> fair play. Yeah, I just went straight to the armbar, really. But yeah, she did. She yeah. sparked. Yeah, yeah. Beth, and yeah. then, um, uh, I mean, and, but even the armbars, they happened in different ways. I mean, do you remember Katzingano just sprinting out? I mean, yeah. when a champion has got... Foot, like, that's the difference, is if... Like, Khabib, what he did to Gaethje was amazing. If he had done that over and over and over again, you'd be like, this is insane. It's so amazing. And we still obviously remember him so fondly as this amazing champion. But in his journey to the title and uh, maybe one or two of his defences as well, it was kind of like a slightly boring three, four, five round fight. Like you remember the Aya Quinta fight. I don't remember being overly excited. I think the fifth round, they got into more of a striking battle and that was like, oh my God, something could happen. But the majority of his fights, it's I'm going to pin you down and have my way with you. I remember the Michael Johnson fight and just being like, mm-hmm. I'm almost sick to my stomach because it's just like, there's, he, he just, he seemed like an adult fighting a child at times, particularly that Michael Johnson fight, I remember. Um, and I want to see real competitiveness back and forth fights and, and stuff like that. and that's maybe not what we're getting at the moment but Islam yeah, yeah. is taking people out in the first round what he did to Dan Hooker what he did to Bobby Green it is impressive it, that's not boring if you watch that for one round that's not boring but if he's on top of you for five rounds and he's just pummeling and pummeling slowly but surely and the, the other fighters are playing very defensive then that can get boring yeah and the division ultimately can suffer because of it which I think we possibly, the latter, could have got with the uh, Darius fight. I think that could have been, you know, a real, you know, roll around and, uh, you know, and, a, and a, not a slugfest. I think it would have just been a, a grinder, that one. But, but, but competitive, yeah, I, I, competitive grappling, back and forth, scrambles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, fun. Yeah, that's yeah. exciting. And I think we could have maybe got that from Darius. And we may potentially get that if we've got Islam versus Oliveira. But that, 
Dagestani wrestling style, the Khabibs and the, the Makachevs, they just seem like they're smothering. It's like they're covered in a wet blanket and you can't get them off you. And that's what I think can at times for a lot of viewers feel like you it's a bit boring, which sounds harsh to say. It's still so unbelievably impressive. But I think to a lot of viewers, it can it can take some of the excitement away. Of course it is, because the UFC are looking for highlight reels. They're looking to sell the sport, grow the sport. And like when you've got a Gaethje, a Chandler, an Oliveira, you know, you know that you're going to get exciting fights. Yep. And, and unfortunately, the same with Khabib as well. A lot of them fights were just not exciting stuff that rarely when you see uh, UFC do a big show reel of stuff, not that often do you see Khabib on there because his wins were very similar. And, and yeah, and it, I, I guess if you're trying to bring new fans in, they're not going to see the excitement in that, that they would in seeing so many other fighters in that division. So, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously ridiculously skilled that's why we're having this comp- this conversation and does he deserve a title shot to go full circle no I don't think he does um, I'd like to see the next fight be against Benil and hopefully Benil's you know fit and they can make that fight happen uh, and then you do not get a title fight out of beating Bobby Green on, on Bobby Green taking that fight on a couple of weeks notice that does not in my opinion give you the right to fight for that belt I see I'm if they could make the Dariush fight soon, because it's not like Makachev took mm. any damage or anything, and I don't know mm. when the Gaethje Oliveira fight is scheduled for, but if they can make that fight and we get that fight, I would be very, very happy. I would love to see that fight, and it would just remove any doubt from anyone's mind as to who should get the next title shot. However, if they give Makachev the title shot, say, in October or something like that, then I've I've not really got too many qualms with it. Ten fight win streak. I know that it's not always against the top guys, but it's not his fault. And I I I I'd, I'd just accept it and I'd I'd be okay with it. And hopefully we could get Benil versus Makachev down the line for the title or something like that. Yeah, we were talking about Great. highlight reels. I'll tell you who's got a very decent highlight reel and one of the most talked about highlights ever is Jorge. Gamebred Masfital. Did you like my pronunciation there? I do. I've never heard a Welshman say that before. <laughs> excellent. You dick. <laughs> uh, well, no, I mean, look, that was a terrible segue, but it's got us there. Masvidal Covington, how do you feel about Bosh. it? Well... <sighs> I think this is one that is definitely going to excite all the nerds and virgins out there, to uh, to quote Colby. Uh, melt. Um, yeah. But, uh, I mean, before we get on to the fight, I, I mentioned this to you yesterday um, when we was chatting. And they're, they're obviously the, the big marketing spin on this fight is the fact that they were they were homies. You know, they were buds and they, you know, they, they beat each other's fights and they trained together. And so they're really going heavy on the kind of the bad blood that's come from, you know, since then. Um, I, do you think they're really pushing that? I mean, they're obviously was going to do stuff like that anyway to sell the fight. Masvidal's a, a, a killer. Colby's a killer in that division. You know, it's a great fight, whatever. But is the whole, I mean, I watched that, I watched a, a, a post from him yesterday and he had these wraparound, like, um, sunglasses on that looked like he was about to get in a, uh, in a car and go back to 1985. It, it looked ridiculous. Um, and he's standing there with a couple of girls in bikinis and literally just kicks off, hey, nerds and virgins, and lie. Oh, and God. it's it's lame, and he's a melt. But we saw post-fight against Usman. It's all just to sell the fight, man. You know, big respect. It's all just to sell the fight. So do you think the fact that that was so exposed and and talked about and lovely, you know that that you know he went straight up and said, "Look, this is you know all of that chat was just hype to sell the fight." Um, you know, Colby is obviously and always has been happy to play the bad guy, and and he plays that jock bad guy very well. But is that something that is anyone? 
gives a shit about that anymore because he's basically just gone in front of the world at, you know, the highest possible place against the champ, fighting for the belt and gone, it's all just bollocks. I'm just trying to sell the fight. Like, do you think that sort of people aren't so interested now? Because he's, you know, he's clearly just, you know, another fighter that's just giving a bit of chat and I don't know. I, 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 I just think that post that I'm not interested in his chitter chatter anymore because I don't think it's for real well, at all. Well let's be honest. I think I think you were never overly into the chitter chatter uh, from Colby and I don't think I ever was either. I've got a lot of problems with what Colby has kind of stood for and what he said in mm. previous interviews and things like that. However, I, I think you said to me the other day you felt like a lot of this stuff was, was slightly fabricated. Or something like that, in order to sell the fight, and you know the way Colby spoke about uh, chatting to Usman at the end of the last fight, that it kind of does make some sense. I watched the countdown today. Have you seen that yet? Oh, this is you all over, right? You're all sceptical, <laughs> and you have you, and then you get fucking pulled I in. Do. They reel you in oh. the UFC every time, oh, and like it happens. You. Connor's going to come back and you're going to be the Conor McGregor number one fan again. Oh, you're going to get pulled into a show reel like 100%. I, on. I bet that's time, where it's going, isn't it? Every time. Yeah, you got pulled I am in like today, a did you? gullible little fish <laughs> nibbling on that UFC worm. I'm like, nom, 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 and then they stick the hook in and reel me in. I love it. I am all for it. So, like, yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> I've i really enjoyed the countdown thing and just, like, seeing how buddy-buddy they were and all this stuff. And then yeah. it's all I mean, the reason it went sour was a little bit non-existent. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Distant, which is a bit of a big thing. Well, it, from what I got, it was like Masvidal was really annoyed that, according to him... The coaches that they shared, one of them in particular, maybe the striking coach, <laughs> never Colby never paid him money or something like that for years, or maybe he oh, should have paid right. him a big amount of money after he won the belt or something like that. And Jorge's taken it upon himself to go, no man, this is wrong. You you got to pay your coaches. You you're, you're disrespecting my coach like that. Now I'm I'm coming for you and I'm cutting you loose and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, uh, okay, uh, it's not. Not really the drama. Necessarily you know, your beef, yeah, is it? Yeah, it's not really the third act drama of the movie I wanted. But, you know, sure. Okay, I'll go with it. Uh, I watch a lot of other shit things that have bad plot lines. I'll watch this. Um, mm. uh, I got through Witcher Series 1, for God's sake. So, uh, I mean, you know, 
And I'm actually enjoying Series 2 so far, so, you know. Um, I love the fact you're now being cynical about it, but then what happened? A couple of training montages, oh, little no, that, highlight reel, it. and you're no, there I'm with c- both, in, both feet are well I'm in there. I'm cynical about so it's a lot, obviously, classic me, I'm just rambling. But I'm cynical about the reason it went sour, but I am loving all of the moments <laughs> where they were really buddy-buddy, and you're like, oh, God, there, yeah. there must be some true animosity here. And also, I'm always fascinated when you get mates that have been training together for a long time, which they have been... And they're like, they know each other so well. So how this goes, like, one of them must know that in the gym, the other one had their number. And they're going into this, giving it all the big and knowing it's all probably going to fall apart. And how I imagine it is that, and I would recommend watching the countdown stuff. For anyone that's a bit like, I'm not overly bothered about this fight, watch the countdown stuff and it will get you buzzing for it. But um, the, uh, the, the way I see it happening unfortunately, is quite a dull fight. I had a chat with my brother about this the other day, who for some reason thinks that Colby's going to think he's going to win a striking battle with Masvidal, and it's going to be a stand-up brawl. And I'm like, you're a moron. That's <laughs> never going to happen. And uh, if if I'm wrong, uh, I, I don't know, I'll get my brother on the show to, to rip me a new one or something. But the... Okay. Uh, the way this fight goes down, because Colby's not an idiot, despite how he how much of an idiot he comes across at times, is he's going to smother him with cardio, he's going to get him to the ground, and he's going to put put him on his back for large portions of most of the rounds and probably win by a decision or a late stoppage if he gets Masvidal in a tricky situation. Um, unless Masvidal pulls something magic out of his hat like he has done against the likes of Ben Askren and stuff like that, I can't see how he does much to Colby. I think Colby really is the second best welterweight in the world at the moment. I mean, 100%. obviously, Amzat Shemaev might have a lot to say about that. I hope Leon Edwards has a lot to say about that in a, a few months' time. But um, as it stands, you've got to put them Usman 1 and Colby 2. And mm-hmm. um, and I just think that Colby's too good for, for Masvidal. And, you know, I always think that the wrestling seems to outdo the striking more often than not. Um, and Colby's skill set is that cardio strong really strong wrestling and half decent striking it's all right um masvidal is an elite brilliant striker he's got okay wrestling but it won't be enough to trouble colby covington and let's not forget as well masvidal used to be a lightweight colby's never made lightweight so i think that will play a factor in it and i think colby will get a relatively boring win i don't think they'll take much from their time in the gym together. I think they're both far different fighters now than what they were then. You know, you've seen probably in the time when, since they've fallen out, that that, that the Colby's gone from a relatively unknown fighter to, you know, the second best fighter at 170 in the world. Um, And obviously, Masvidal had had a a very kind of up and down career and then all of a sudden went on an absolute you know, role. Um, and then there's obviously had a few, uh, a few things that haven't gone his way. So I, I, I'm excited by this fight. I think it could be exciting. Um, but I don't think to, to, to echo what you say, unless Masvidal gets that Darren Till shot or, or gets something flamboyant like the Askren KO, I, I, I can't see him offering anything that, that Usman, uh, didn't offer Colby and and you know you see Colby really hold his own against Usman and and I, I, I think it's a it's a, a pretty dominant victory for Colby yeah. and my point that I want to move on to now before we get on to the next fight what's for the winner well this is really interesting I mean f- firstly I'd like to say what I'd also love about this is the fact that you don't need belts to headline main events we don't need to create yeah. BMF belts. We don't need interim titles. This is a grudge match. It's with two big stars in the sport, and it sells the pay-per-view. I hope the numbers do well and all that stuff. But I'm interested. I'm I'm all in on this and a few other fights on the card as well. So I, I'd like to see more of that from the UFC. I'd like to see them get stars together, match them up, particularly ones that haven't really got a huge amount to aim for. Getting onto your question, both of them have lost to the champ twice. So what's at stake for them? I don't know. I mean, 
Masvidal, I think, is probably going to ride off into the sunset soon. He's got his icon fighting championships that he's promoting for now. I mean, if 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 Leon were to win or lose against Usman, that fight is there for Masvidal. Obviously, it's far more intriguing and enticing if, if Leon were to beat Usman. But you would think Usman deserves an immediate rematch. But for some reason, if, if Leon can call his shot and get Masvidal quickly, that that beef's been there for a long time and people would love to see that fight. And Masvidal obviously would love to get a title shot again and that would be really intriguing. Um, so win or lose from uh, Leon if that Usman fight gets booked. Masvidal could take that if he wants to. I mean, is the Connor fight? He's got to be beat there? Colby first, though, right? See, that's that's the fight I think happens. Um, I, I I honestly think if 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 Masvidal loses, yeah, then I think what's left for him, like just big big money fights against you know people that they just want to see, you know, a, a, a legend like him. Uh, for and a, a scrapping legend, you know, and I, I, you know, I, I don't think he's a a hall of famer. I really don't. Um, but you look at his record, and you, you know, there's, there's there's quite a few losses on there. And you look at Connor's record, there's quite a few losses on there. You look at Connor. I reckon maybe in in six months' time, he might be able to get down to welterweight. And uh, <laughs> and if he does, <laughs> then I mean, that's a huge fight. Masvidal versus Connor. It, it it's happen. a fight that I think it's a fight I think Connor could win. You know, I think if that turns into a, a boxing match, that could be really, really fun. Uh, Connor versus Colby, no chance. Colby's got that all day long. Yeah. Um, I don't think Connor would, but yeah. would bother with that one. I don't see why he would. I, th- I think Colby's definitely the more interesting to see where he would go afterwards because he genuinely feels like he could be a champion if it wasn't for Usman. I mean, what's next for Absolutely. Colby? One of the interesting thing that Colby's been doing that I think could have legs to it, and I think it's the smart way to go for him, is he's been throwing a bit of shade Israel Adesanya's way and saying that, you know, Israel Adesanya is not a well-rounded fighter and that Colby's feels like his wrestling could could effectively drown Adesanya. So if Colby thinks that he can get to a good size at 185, then maybe he could make the jump up there. I do think he would be too small for 185. But one fight I wanted, if this guy came down to welterweight, is a fight that still would work brilliantly if Colby went up to 185. And that's the Robert Whittaker fight. Because, again, these guys, I feel like, are stars. I feel like Whittaker and and Colby are big stars. And why not have these super exciting fights with these people that, let's be honest, Whittaker's lost twice to his champion. Colby's lost twice to his champion. Why not stick those two together? Either 185 or 170 or whatever works. Catch weight, 178. You know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Get these two fights. Because that would be a really fascinating fight and a really, really good fight and if Colby were to go up in weight class and take on Whitaker straight away then mm. that's an immediate touch shot he would leapfrog Strickland there's no other name in that middleweight division that's bigger than Colby Covington I don't think other than obviously the no. champion Alessania so if 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 Colby were to beat Masvidal he's, again he takes all that kind of shine with him moves up to 185 takes on Whitaker. If he were to beat Whitaker, who everyone thinks is the second best middleweight in the world, shove him straight into a title shot. And then again, I can't see him beating Adesanya. I think the the, the length and the size would be too much for him. But you never know. It, be, it gives him a title shot again, keeps him up there in the biggest fights going. I think that's the smartest thing for him to do because unless Usman gets beat, I can't see him fighting yeah. for a belt again anytime soon. That's a potential money fight for Colby against Nate. Is there some money in there? Well, I don't think so, only because Nate's only got one fight left on his contract. The talk is Nate versus Dustin at 170, I'd imagine. So I don't see Colby going. And I don't see what Nate, what's in it for Nate? Nothing, really. Nate's only got one fight left on his deal, and then I think he's gone. And he's probably going to do some fun boxing matches or something elsewhere, unless the UFC give him crazy Dustin's going to fight at 170? I think that's the idea. Nothing's booked yet, but really? Dustin at 170 versus Nate Diaz, yeah, is Ooh. what the talk is. I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'd rather have seen uh, uh, Nate Diaz fight like a Dan Hooker or something. I think that would have been a far more fun fight, but we all know Dan Hooker's now dropping down to featherweight and he's fighting Arnold Allen. So, but there you go. Mm. Shall we move on? 
to lightweight. What's going on at 155, Blake Harrison? Oh, well, this one was meant to be a fight night main event, but it's been bumped back because uh, Raphael Fiziev, uh I think he had some visa issues or something, so I had to get bumped back. And what's great is the UFC have kept this at five rounds, which is great. So we got Rafael dos Anjos against Rafael Oh, I didn't Fiziev. know that. Yeah. <clears throat> so this is a five-round co-main event, non-title fight. Again, the UFC just kind of ripping up the rule book here a little bit with this pay-per-view, and I'm, I'm all for it. Give us five rounds of the best guys fighting the best guys. Um, I think that Fazeev is the one coming in with loads of momentum. People are really high on Fazeev at the moment. I think he's still only ranked 11. Yes. Like it's a big step up. This is his big kind of gateway fight, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And the San at six. So I do think that's a, a, a big jump where he puts him really in the mix. Yeah. And it just hasn't had like the best record of late. He's had a lot of losses lately, but when you look through his losses, I mean, you're looking at kind of like a who's who it's, he's lost to Khabib, Eddie Alvarez, Tony Ferguson, Colby Covington. Again, uh, uh, well, welterweight a lot of these losses as well. Colby yeah. Covington, Kamara Usman, Leon Edwards, Michael Chiesa. I mean, he's, lose, he's losing to absolute killers at a weight class that's sort of above where he was. Remember, he was the champion down at lightweight. Yeah. Um, so these are, these are, you know, you can't count RDA out just because he's had a bunch of losses because mm. he's always fought the best of the best. Um mm. So I don't know, but I I think it's a really interesting one because I think I feel like there's a slight question mark over Fiziev's kind of cardio in terms of like you remember that body, Bobby Green fight that he had. Yeah. Fiziev I think won those first two rounds quite clearly, and then Bobby Green won the third round. And you think, well, if that was a five round fight, who knows what would have happened? And RDA is a five round fighter. Even a lot of he his he will grind he you. He will grind you, and a lot of his losses are decision losses. You know, even Kamara mm. Usman, Colby Covington. They're not finishing this guy. It's decisions. And against people that, as, he, as I just said, are much bigger than him. So. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I think uh, Fazeev is going to either have to pull something magic out of the bag in the first two rounds to put RDA away, and it will have to be magic because RDA is very, very tough. Or he might find himself in some really deep waters. And I think the longer the fight goes on, the longer it favours Dos Anjos. And he will try and smother him and use his grappling and use his wrestling and that kind of volume striking to just kind of push him up against the fence, take away a lot of Fazeev's movement, which is very, very good. And just, just as I say, grind out a, a, a kind of a, a, a very unpretty win. I'm I'm so so up for this fight. I think it's uh, it's a big step up for him, and and I'm glad that the UFC make these fights happen <clears throat> because there's there's a lot of hype around him, uh, and and he, he looks great, and and I think right, well look, let's let's not sort of you know tiptoe around him. Let's let's throw him in there, give him a lion, and that's what he's got. And I think it it as you say, I think five rounds, it's a Big ass to do five rounds with Junior DeSantos, and yeah, can't wait for it, mate. I think, uh, I, I, I think, as you said, I do think he could end up finding himself, uh, yeah, 
I'm on the wrong end of a decision now. Yeah, it's definitely possible. But then, did I just call him Junior? I, was, I didn't know whether to correct I? you again. I, did, so I was like, I? that would be tough to go five rounds with Junior <laughs> Dos Santos if you're a lightweight. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Dos Sorry, I was like, I see you smirking. Like, What's he smirking at? Do I correct at? him? Oh, I've do just I said Junior Dos Santos, and I. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I also I think that's a that's a really interesting fight and a, mm. a, a really good kind of. It's cool, sort of like a more diluted version of the next fight in terms of this stylistic matchup because in Fazeev and RDA, you've got like a fantastic striker against kind of like an all-rounder, but someone that can smother you with, with a bit of grappling. The next fight, Barboza versus Bryce Mitchell. I, it might be the fight I'm most excited for on the card. I really think this is going to be Much like the previous, though. It's the same, isn't it? It's kind of like experience versus new kid on the block, and it's the test yeah. again. And and yeah, what a fight this! Yeah, is. and again, but it's like Barbosa's got that amazing elite level striking, some amazing highlight reel knockouts. Bryce Mitchell is one of the most aggressive grapplers you will see. He is constantly hunting submissions and constantly trying to advance his position. He's one of those guys. If if, if you if you've got mates that are just really not into grappling, that when, when it goes to the ground, they're just pressing fast forward, let them watch a Bryce Mitchell fight. Because that is so... When he's, he's going for, like, twisters and stuff like that, and has actually got show. a twist in UFC. This is the kind of guy you want to see grapple. The, the scrambles um, and, and everything he's doing, he's, he's kind of in the middle of taking you down in midair. He's hooking the legs and getting you set up for submissions and stuff like that. He's relentless. Absolutely relentless and this is going to be such a fascinating clash of styles and I think if Barbosa stays I kind of think maybe if Barbosa does that thing where you think oh he wants to stay on the outside and avoid the the grappling but I wonder if that might play into Bryce Mitchell's game plan because Bryce Mitchell is going to want to be going forward and getting Barbosa on the back foot a little bit and that will enable him to maybe in, um, to utilize his wrestling a little bit more it's when the wrestlers are on the back foot and you're pushing them back towards the cage that they, they can do far less. Um, and so I really wonder what, what game plan Barbosa is going to have. Is he going to try and stay on the outside, throw a few strikes in there, a few big kicks? Because, like I mean, Barbosa's kicks are like getting hit with a baseball bat. They, you, you take two of them, you don't want to know anymore. Um, is he going to try and do that on the outside and have Bryce coming towards him? Or is he going to try and push push Bryce Mitchell back with his strikes so that Bryce can't really go forward as much? Um, it's going to be really interesting to see, but I, I really can't wait for this one. I think it's going to be it's going to be as I say that fascinating clash of styles and whether or not one of um, Barbosa's biggest weapons are those leg kicks, those unbelievable leg kicks yeah. that he has. But that in itself could play into Bryce Mitchell's uh, hands because if he catches one of those leg kicks, Barbosa's going down. And once Bryce Mitchell gets Barbosa to the ground, I think Barbosa could be in a lot of trouble. So as I, who knows who's going to come out on top, but oh, I, I'm really excited for this one. Absolutely. He's, he's got to be surely the most experienced fighter that, 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 that Mitchell's fought to this point. Obviously, 100%. he's got the, the, the recent win over Andre Philly. Uh, but 14-0 as well, you know, legit decent record there. And, and I think a win over Edson would solidify, you know, just how legit he is. And, you know, we'll, we'll get him in that. I think he's ranked 11 at the moment. Yeah. And that's definitely going to, if it a win over Edson, would definitely put him in that top 10. Um, yeah, and, and I guess Edson, was he coming off of the loss against Chikadze, isn't he? Yes. And so, but before that was yeah, on like I mean, a three-fight win streak yeah, at yeah. featherweight since dropping down. And his first uh-huh. fight at featherweight, he lost by split decision to Dan Ige. I thought he won that fight. So I thought he won in that. In my head, I could say he was on a four-fight win streak at featherweight and then ran into Giga Chikadze, who was just on a tear at the time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is a huge test for Mitchell. Absolutely huge test for Mitchell. But stylistically, he could be a real nightmare for Barbosa. We'll have to, we'll have to see. It's going to, be a, going to be an interesting one. Um, Absolutely. Kevin Holland, Cowboy Oliveira. Yeah, I mean, this is where I think Kevin Holland should possibly... I mean, no, he shouldn't have been there all along because he had a great run at middleweight. He had that fantastic run at middleweight where he was a a few people's fighter of the year uh, a couple of years back. Um, But I remember him weighing in for a fight. I can't remember who it was against at middleweight. Uh, It might have been Sosa or someone like that. And he was 183 for a middleweight fight. Mm. And you think, well, you're just not even really cutting weight, are you? 
You're just going in there and fighting. So now if he is cutting weight, that could potentially plug one of the big gaps in his game. And that is obviously the wrestling and the takedowns and stuff like that. Being fighting people that are smaller, that aren't as strong, might massively help him because he was really found out. The blueprint was really mapped out at middleweight by Derek Brunson, by Marvin Vittori of how to beat Kevin Holland. And it's just stick him on his back. And he's not really got much of an answer for that. Cowboy Oliveira... Very good with his submissions and his jiu-jitsu. Obviously, has good wrestling, but it's probably nowhere near the caliber of a Derek Brunson or someone like that. And also, he's a lot smaller. So I'm expecting Holland to maybe be a bit more successful at defending the takedowns and stuff and implement more of his striking. But as I say, we'll have to see. I'm, I'll probably go with Holland for this one, but I'm sure. Yeah, I, I think so. But I think you look at Oliver, he's on a three-fight losing streak. And you wonder, is this getting close to the end for him. Yeah. I don't know what his, his contract states. If this could be potentially his last fight, if he gets a loss, is he going to get cut? Could it be shit or bust for him? Could he just think, Do you know what, I'm going to throw everything at this fight. Um, he's got bags of experience. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think if it can keep it on its feet, uh, then I think you know I'd favour Holland on this. 100%. Holland um, has got some really fantastic striking. He's got a bit of a kung fu style as well, which is really fun to watch. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think Holland could be could be really good fun. And, and I hope he brings back the trash talking as well. I love Big Mouth. Uh, let's let's get yeah, definitely. Big Mouth back. Let's do the trash talking. Always fun to watch. So this card, absolutely fantastic up until this point. Yeah, well, that's all right. It doesn't matter. We, we just, you know, fingers crossed, Hardy gets another beating and, yeah. uh, and he's kicked out of the UFC soon and cut. Yeah. Um, moving on. Don't don't need to say any more about that fight, on. do we? Good luck, Spivak. Um, well, the, oh. fight, the, fight that, <laughs> the fight that should be on the main card, and I'm not even joking, it's nothing to do with the, you know, Greg Hardy bullshit stuff. Um, the... <laughs> The next fight that I, I know what one you're yeah, going to say, and it should be it on that should main be on the card. Marina Rodriguez versus Jan Janan is third, 100%. third versus fourth in the strawweight yep. division. I think easily mm-hmm. the most exciting women's division in the UFC. One mm-hmm. of the best divisions in the UFC. Very, very stacked division. Some great characters in there. Some great fighters in there. Marina Rodriguez versus Jan Janan could be an absolute corker. Could be a sleeper for fight of the night. Both of these guys are going to. Um, just just strike, I think, most of the time. I mean, Janan might try and implement a little bit of wrestling. She's got those kind of good judo takedowns and hip toss mm-hmm. stuff and all that that she used against like Angela Hill and stuff. But, uh, and, and Karolina Kovacavich, I, I think that, I th- I think Marina's going to do this. I think if I remember correctly, I think I picked Marina to be the strawweight champ by the end of the year. I can't remember if I picked her I or Rose. Did. I can't- did you pick Rose? No, you, you picked I picked Rose. No, yeah. you picked Zhang Wei Li. Oh, I did. You I did. did. I did. So I can't remember yeah. if I picked Rose or Marina now. I think I might have picked Rose because you picked Zhang. However, Marina is definitely up there. I'll have to go back and check. But Marina... I, I did because I, I, I pulled something... F- because Espars are featured in these conversations. Yes. And obviously, both, you know, I mean, both have fought and both lost to Esparza as well. Yeah. I mean, and uh, and up until then, I think Yan was on like an eleven fight win streak. Yes, you know that's you know she, she she's a killer. And and since uh, Marina's lost to Esparza, she's on a three fight win streak. Yeah. This is a great fight, and I don't know why they've bumped it down to to the prelims. I mean, maybe it's one of those ones where they make it headline the prelim card in order to make people so. then buy the pay per view or something. But but this yeah. is this is an an absolute corker of a fight. I love this fight, and I. Th- I'm going to go with Marina Rodriguez simply because I think her technique is better. I think she's a slightly more technical striker and a better striker for that reason. I think she should probably have the the, the reach advantage and stuff as well. Um, yeah. So I'm expecting her to win. And I, I can't imagine too much of this being played out on the ground. Um, obviously, both of them were, were mauled by Carla Esparza, especially Yanjan, and she yeah. really got a wrestling class from Carla Esparza. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think this should be a really exciting fight and uh, I'm really looking forward to this one. In, in, in my head, I thought it's a shame it's not on the main card. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I'm going to favour uh, Marina in this as well. I, I think he's yeah. uh, a great scrap. I think there's going to be some, some serious hands uh, thrown all over the place, but I think uh, Marina will get her hand raised at the end. Yeah, I mean, 
I, I don't think there's a huge amount else to talk about. I think the Jessica Ryan Man on Furo fight has been cancelled. I think Jessica Ryan has been, mm-hmm. been injured, but that's a shame because I think Man on Furo is someone to watch yep. at uh, at women's flyweight. Um, Brian Kelleher is taking on Umar Nurmagomedov. Um, and I was thinking to myself, I said this to you the other day, why is Nurmagomedov not fighting Jack Shaw? Because yet again, Jack Shaw had had a cancellation. Yeah. And Jack Shaw's now fighting Timur Valuev at the London card. But he was originally, mm. he was fighting Nurmagomedov. And you had a theory behind that, didn't you? That potentially they're both unbeaten fighters. And, you know, why, why derail two hype trains so early? Uh, you know, I, I, I think I don't know if that's the, the. It's just my theory on it that because when they announced that fight, we were both like, "Why are they doing that yeah. fight?" Like, you know, there's two legit people on rolls here. Like, I mean, it, it makes it exciting, but someone's always got to go, and it, and it seemed a bit unnecessary that early on. I agree. I agree. And um, one of the other things that is, um, oh, I've gone the wrong way on my iPad. But one of the other things that's interesting about it is I think the UFC have got the uh, the Kelleher and uh, Umar Nurmagomedov fight down as a featherweight fight, but they're both bantamweights usually. So I don't know what's going on there. I wish I did know. So I don't know. But the topology, I think, is, yeah, the UFC have got it down as a featherweight fight, but topology has got it down as a bantamweight fight. So... I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if that's a mistype from the UFC, which is quite bad if it is. Um, or if maybe Umar couldn't make the weight. Maybe there was a big change and someone couldn't make the weight. I, I don't know. But it'd be interesting to see. Normally, these guys are both bantamweights. Strange that they would fight at featherweight. But maybe if there was a late notice thing, maybe uh, maybe there was a, a problem with getting down to the weight in time. So maybe they've done that. Not sure. Um, and then Tim Elliott is fighting Tagir Ulanbekov. I can't lie and say I know a huge amount about Ulanbekov. He's 15th at flyweight. Tim Elliott's 13th at flyweight. Could be an interesting one. But other than that, I don't really have a huge amount else to say about the card. I do think it's going to be quite there, a good there, one. There's, there's enough good stuff. There's enough good stuff. And uh, and also the stuff that you know you generally don't get that hyped about sometimes can end up being the ones that absolutely take you by surprise. Um, Tim Elliott's always in a, a, an interesting scrap. Um, again, I don't know much about him, so uh, oh, yeah, I think it, it, you know, fingers crossed it'll be an exciting one. But you know, there's there's enough to look forward to if some of them early scraps don't deliver. Just look up that card. It's going to be incredible. Uh, I'm going to go and watch the uh, the hype train now and uh, and 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 all the uh, all the stuff on Fight Pass and whip myself into a frenzy. So uh, I'm even Stevens with Harrison. Um, and what we should also say we we, we touched upon it on on the last uh, episode. But, uh, yeah, just a heads up, guys, that um, we've got an episode coming soon with Michael the Camp Bispin, uh, and it's a real wonderful one. We, we sat down uh, and spoke with Michael at length about his career. We, are, we find out some incredible stories of, of, of him as a young lad uh, growing up and some of the, the situations he found himself in, some really terrifying situations as well uh and we we ask him about his losses we obviously we talk about um the surgeries and his eye and 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 obviously everything he's done since then and obviously we we, we discuss the fact that he's the star of his own film uh, documentary film bispin um which we've both seen and he's it's a great watch um and we've got some other exciting stuff coming your way in the lead up to london we recorded with arnold allen um yesterday hopefully fingers crossed we've got uh, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to jinx it hopefully we've got a, a really good chat tomorrow um, that we'll be recording and uh, I'm sure Blake Harrison's very much looking forward to that one uh, and then yeah we're going to reach out and try and get some of the, the other British guys that we've had on already and girls uh, back on the back on the podcast in the lead up to that super exciting card on March the 19th aside from that uh, Mr. Harrison, what else we got to talk about? We no, done? I think that's it, mate. As you say, I mean, the, the March 19th card, we're going to do a few episodes for that with fighters that are on that card. We've hopefully got a really exciting one to record tomorrow and we'll let you know as soon as we've done that. We don't want to jinx it. Um, and also, don't forget, March 18th, the day before the London yes. card, there's a Cage Warriors event as well. I believe George Hardwick is going for that lightweight strap. Um, what else is going on? Oh, the Paul Vichenik, Paul Hughes. Vichenik, Paul Hughes. I mean, that is a rematch that a lot of people have been wanting for a long time. Their first fight was a mm-hmm. cracker. 
This second one's now five rounds. It's the champion in Jordan Vucenic uh, taking on the interim champion in Paul Hughes. This is going to be a really big fight, a really good fight. And the future for whoever wins that fight is looking very bright and probably got the letters UFC written in their future as well. So uh, get on board with those on March 18th before the London card on March 19th. And fingers crossed we'll have interviews with uh, some of the aforementioned uh, from Cage Warriors in the lead up to that as well. Um, and if you want to hear our chats um, with some of the biggest names in, in UFC, certainly we've had a who's who of the British MMA scene. They're all available in our back catalogue, so go and get stuck in. There's over 70 episodes now. And uh, and yeah, go and have a little rummage, see what you can find. And uh, better still, subscribe, then you won't miss anything. Anything else you want to know? Uh, we put loads of content on our socials. Most days there's stuff going up and uh, and always feel free uh, to, to send us a message and let us know what you think of the podcast and who you'd like to hear us chatting to and also I think we're going to try and release a little bit of merch are we soon there's going to be some, some merch coming your way that you can have and if you've got any ideas for us if there's anything in particular that you think would be a good idea to have on a t-shirt have on a, a, a hoodie that is MMA fan podcast related then send us your ideas and uh, we might implement them for you we're not going to pay you for those ideas we are going to take them and just give you some credit like metaphorical are credit we? you know like oh, yeah, like, some, yeah. like a, a shout out credit not not tangible financial credit maybe that shout out would then be able to enable them to take legal action so no we won't credit you either okay send us your ideas yeah. we'll take them and we'll thank you we'll cash thank in. you in advance <laughs> <laughs> bye <See you> <laughs>